1: I wonder how many people get out there super early in the morning and do a turkey trot today. Oh, God. That's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say, like, hunt turkeys. I was like, do people do that on Thanksgiving morning? You think I would say something like that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Vegetarian? yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm not a turkey trot person, nor have I been a part of that family, but we are a Slow, painful walk post eating Mm. around the block just to try to get things moving.
1: That is very smart.
2: Yeah. Are you a canned cranberry sauce or a homemade cranberry sauce person?
1: I've literally never had cranberry sauce in my life. You're missing out. Canned cranberry sauce, so good. So good. I've never had it. So you're anti homemade. I don't like the homemade stuff. I'm Mm. canned all
2: the way. Interesting. Are you a stuffing or no stuffing person? See, you're okay.
1: What do you eat on Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yes, this is difficult. So most stuffings are made with meat or like meat stock. So I don't really have a a ton of stuffing, but and I also have really been trying not to eat dairy. So this year for our friendsgiving, I made well I made the regular mac and cheese that I usually make that everyone Mm -hmm, loves. mm But then I made a vegan mac and cheese as well, and it was so good. I've been eating – it's so funny because no one else had it. It was just me. But so I've been eating the leftovers like for every meal, (laughs) but it's delicious, and I put my hot sauce on it. Oh, so good. So good. Which I don't think I – did I ever update people about my hot sauce debacle?
2: No. Tell everyone where to – well, people tried to find the
1: hot sauce for you, but you have found – you found a replacement. Correct. So – the saga is that Trader Joe stopped selling my favorite hot sauce. Like I truly had, it might be a problem, but I would buy like 10 bottles at a time and just stock up and they stopped selling it. And it was this like small Trader Joe's jalapeno hot sauce. And whoa, the lights just really changed. It's like, ooh, ominous. Let me tell how the story ends. But thanks to a lot of our listeners, there was some help in finding the same type of hot sauce, but just with a different brand. So they must have just used the same mm. manufacturer. So it's Arizona something pepper, like jalapeno hot sauce. And I, I'll link it down below in this because it is the best hot sauce ever. Yeah.
2: You were – I mean, people were fine. You were giving the description of the hot sauce and people were searching high and low for you when you're like,
1: nope, it's not that. Nope, it's not that. Nope, it's not that. Yeah. And I'm glad that you found a replacement. I finally found it. And people I were need to like, i to send sauce. you it. Yeah. Well – now on Amazon, they sell like a 12 pack, but they also sell it at Whole Foods, which is great.
2: Oh, okay. You know what? I'll pick some up. I'll, I'll okay. give it a go. Okay. They should make it's little delicious. mini ones for, <gasps> for like stocking stuffers
1: or like to put to your keychain. you know, oh, Tabasco and all those brands I do that. I truly was going to, for our wedding, I was going to buy a ton of bottles and put like a custom label on it and have that as our <laughs> wedding gift, but I did not. And I should have because then I would have had lots of leftovers. True.
2: Yeah. You can make a necklace out of it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, There's lots of possibilities now that you have found it. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And this episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Thuma,
1: not by Sabrina's hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) But that would be great. Oh my gosh, I'm going to reach out. (laughs) That would be. Uh, Lifetime supply. We are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. I'm Sabrina. And it's Thanksgiving. Uh, We hope whatever you're doing today, it's filled with Food and lots of love. So and rest, rest. Oh, I hope you don't
2: have to do anything that you don't yes. want to do. And ghost that stories. Would be ideal, right? Because your hopefully yeah. you're gathering around somewhere with roommates, with friends, neighbors, co-workers, family, whatever. It co-workers. May be. Or you're just relaxing on your couch by yourself and doing deep dives into ghost stories online. And we want to hear about all the things that you remember yourself, all the things that you've encountered and all the things that you're told from other people this holiday season in regard to what they've experienced ghost-wise.
1: Yes. And while you collect your stories to send to us, we are going to share some stories with you. I did not – have the wherewithal to pick Thanksgiving-related stories, but Corinne, you did. Sabrina, you're supposed to not tell people that you forgot. You're supposed to say,
2: this is what we said we were going to say, I have (laughs) Thanksgiving stories to tell everyone to relate to Thanksgiving. And then Sabrina's going to show you some of the examples (laughs) of stories you could hear and collect Mm -hmm. from loved ones around Thanksgiving.
1: That's how we make it not a mistake. (laughs) It's it's the spin. It's it's the uh, PR spin. spin, But- I I uh, I admitted fault. So here we are. That's okay.
2: I will yeah. start. And also apologies Lovely. to people watching on YouTube because the time change and everything, the sun is somewhere I'm not familiar with it being, and I just keep getting shit. It all is over what my it face. is. It is what it is. And that's that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I picked some long ones. Me all too. Right. Lovely. This is gonna be an extra long Thanksgiving. Perfect Love for it. everybody's drives, right? Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. So this one is from Amanda. It's called Just a Few of My Many Ghost Experiences in the Life of Amanda. Hey ladies and Leia. So I just started listening to your podcast a few days ago and I'm currently binge listening every chance that I get, including while writing this email to catch up to the new episodes. I wasn't gonna share just because I get nervous and I don't want anyone to think I'm too weird. But then <laughs> I just thought, fuck it.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah. That's
2: the attitude. That's the right yes. attitude we want here.
1: We need an umbrella for you, Corinne. I know. I'm trying to – (laughs) okay.
2: Where's my – I need like a Bigfoot poster or something, like a stand-up thing so I can just have him block me. Okay. I have a few stories. So I guess the question is where to begin. A lot of my experiences revolve around my grandmother, who I've never met. She died in 1985 and I was born 10 years later. Or, well, my family hopes that this is about her. I have yet to go to a psychic to really confirm if it is her or not, but so – Anyways, the experiences didn't really begin until my sister was born. Her and I are 8 years apart. So I have a pretty good memory of things that would happen. When my sister was little, maybe 1 or th- to 3 years old, little things would happen like my parents, my brother and sister and I would all be watching TV in the living room and no one would have moved and then one of my sister's toys which had a motion sensor, would randomly go off. The toy would be in the middle of the living room floor, so we were all able to see that none of us had moved it. But the toy would go off either once or maybe multiple times. I guess it all depended on my grandmother's mood. But there was one right where the toy just wouldn't stop. Each time during commercials, it would go off. Mm. After the sixth or seventh time, I got up to shut off the motion sensor, but the sensor was already (laughs) off. In fact, the toy's on-off switch was slid to off. Oh. So I decided to put the toy in the dining room under the table just to make sure it wouldn't go off anymore, because why would someone who's not a baby crawl under the table to turn the toy on? I should also add that you can see the entire dining room from the living room. I shut the light, and I went to sit back down, and well, what do you know? As I was walking back to my spot on the couch, it went off.
1: Oh my Let gosh. me add that
2: my parents' house is kind of an open concept. So you can just see part of each room from the ground level from each room with a staircase in the middle of the house. So like I said, you can see the dining room when you're in the living room. You can see the dining room from the kitchen as well. So another night, I believe within a few days of the toy incident, the five of us were eating dinner. I need to put – my arm is burning.
1: You're Ooh. fine. Just leave the lighting.
2: Okay. I need to do it on my right arm so that I don't get jacked on this side and then have a flimsy arm on the other one. Like in Spongebob. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That always goes back to Spongebob. I know. Always. So another night, I believe within a few days of the toy incident, the five of us were eating dinner in my kitchen and the back of my sister's high chair faces the dining room. I'm sitting next to my mom and we were directly across from my sister at the table. And while my brother and dad sit at each heads of the table, we were in the middle of eating. And I look up for my dish to say something to my family and i see my sister turned around in her high chair looking into the dining room and just dying of laughter and then saying some gibberish baby talk from my seat i was able to see directly into the dining room and there was nothing there i asked my dad if he saw anything my mom and my brother are pretty skeptical and he just shook it off as oh that's just my mom wave hello so, I gave a little wave towards the dining room Aww. and next thing you know, my sister is waving to whatever she's looking at. There were other little things that would randomly
1: well, happen like it was throughout waving the back.
2: house. <gasps> right? Oh. Yeah. So sweet. Oh. And obviously whoever it was, whether it's the grandmother or someone else, like clearly it's just a sweet spirit to interact yeah. with the baby like that and just make her giggle and entertain her at the dinner table. Yeah. Other things that would happen throughout the house but apparently since i've moved out which is going to be going on two years things in the house have relaxed but part of me thinks that my sister and dad are just less observant than i am (laughs) okay so carrying on my grandpa my dad's dad owns a house in the middle of nowhere the catskills new york this is where the crone of catskills oh famously the Crone, specifically in a town called fleischmann's Hmm. my dad and grandpa built the house from the ground up. So the history of the home is basically my dad's direct history. My dad has three sisters, so we'd all go up there from Staten Island throughout the year, especially during winter break, and we would celebrate Thanksgiving up there. Each of the siblings would have their own rooms that they'd share with their families. So my aunts would each have a room that they'd share with their husbands and children. My dad, mom, and sister would sleep in my dad's room while my brother and I would sleep on the couch in the living room. There were two beds in each room, so my cousins were only children And got their own beds in the room because my family was just too big for the one small bedroom. We chose to sleep out there. Don't want you guys to think that my brother and I got kicked out of the room or anything. (laughs) (laughs) There were three bedrooms on the main floor, my dad's, my grandpa's, and one of my aunt's, along with the kitchen and living room. Upstairs was where my other two aunt's rooms were with a small second living room in between. But... So, throughout my childhood, there would be these random things that would happen. The sink would turn on in the middle of the night there, and you would hear the glasses that were are in the draining board being moved around. Not going to lie, I was always too scared to open my eyes, so I just listened most of the time. This is so creepy because Amanda and her brother are sleeping steps away from this. When you're yeah. out in the living room, you're right by the kitchen.
1: Yes. Other times. And to, to just be like, thoughts. I just imagine like eyes open, staring at each other. Yes listening. Oh my gosh. Like, what do we do, but don't want to say anything because you're a little scared. right? Or it's like one of the
2: things where, you're, where your eyes are closed, but you know the other person's awake and listening too. <laughs> and you're both just like, don't try anything. To breathe. Yeah. Yeah. E. Other times randomly throughout the day and night, you'd hear someone walk back and forth from each of the rooms upstairs. It would sound like someone who dragged their feet when they walked and always mm-hmm. wore the old school... Mumu slippers not sure what the exact name is but i hope you guys know which ones i'm talking about according to everyone who knew my grandma which was all of the adults those are the slippers that she would wear her moos. please tell me you guys know and call the old school nightgowns moo's too lol <laughs> <laughs> i don't i i never have have you i that was definitely a term okay. growing up that i had heard i don't think i, don't I owned think one it. so i don't think i yeah Ever called one it But I recognize it Yeah But one of the I guess some would think Creepy But I kind of think Romantic things That would happen is Once in a blue moon Randomly During the wee hours Of the morning You'd hear a lady Call out for Benny Who is oh. my grandpa <gasps> Just oh my gosh. Softly hear Benny that I got chills Thinking so about it And my eyes started Tearing up too sweet. LOL My dad Grandpa and I Were the only ones Who would ever hear Her call his name <laughs>
1: And this oh. is like they're all
2: gathered for Thanksgiving.
1: The I just, whole family's there, and so is she. I love to think because especially since it sounds like her family home is also haunted by grandma that grandma mm-hmm. like gets in the car with them to drive to the Catskills. Oh!
2: <laughs> That's so sweet. She packs a little she bag just- What if she's just there? Because she's like, this is – I know my family will find me. They always come all
1: together, and they find me here. So she's just going to all of the the family homes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Ah, now for the best part of the whole story. All of the little happenings were to give you guys an idea of the house before I got to the biggest supernatural occurrence that I've ever experienced. Oh, about seven or eight years ago, one of my aunts, whose room was upstairs in the house, lived in Poland for a couple of years. So when my family went up to the house, my brother and I slept in the king-size bed instead of sleeping on the couch. Nice. Going back a bit, I always had a kind of uneasy feeling whenever I went upstairs. Like someone was always watching us, but never in a bad way. And I say us because I always refused to go up there alone. <laughs> <laughs> Because I get just as scared as you guys do when supernatural things happen or I feel something supernatural. So us, as in either one of my siblings and I or one of my cousins and I. But so anyways, everyone was going to bed after the long Thanksgiving day. So my brother and I went upstairs to get ready to go to bed and I slept on one side of the bed that is closest to the bedroom door, which is usually out of the norm for me because I usually refuse to sleep near the door because I have this belief that if something bad comes into the room, they'll get the person who I'm sharing the bed with first if they're sleeping by the door (laughs) and not me. Kind of fucked up, I know. But every man for himself, I guess. Oh, well. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's – I always think that.
1: Yeah, you sleep on the side opposite of the door. Absolutely. Yeah. Give you some so more So my brother – Exact.
2: Right. Yes. So I put Brian by the door and then I have mm-hmm. fingers full of weapons. I'm like Edward Scissorhands <laughs> on the other side. I told him actually when we were in a cabin and I was nervous that someone would break in. I was like, you have to run at them in your underwear and distract them and I need – two seconds, two seconds for you to buy time for me to whip on all my stuff and go and go for them. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's, two the seconds. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> Honestly, oh,
1: that's the
2: plan. Honestly, that's very
1: impressive, Corinne. All you need is two seconds to get ready. Oh, yeah. I respond really well in danger.
2: That's my one okay. My one skill. Good to know. What comes of that after is that I don't process trauma that I experience until about two months later and then it hits me out of nowhere. So. Yes. The way your brain plus is a minus thing,
1: trying to protect <laughs> you.
2: Yep. Yeah, but I'm great in the moment. <laughs> okay. So my brother has his headphones on, blasting music to help him sleep, and I'm laying there with my eyes closed, feeling myself fall into a deeper sleep. All of a sudden, I hear my bedroom door open, and I hear the Mumu slippers slide across the floor. Then, Aww. as they stop by my feet, with my eyes still closed. I suddenly feel a depression in the bed as if someone sat down and then I felt someone softly caressing my leg and I'm pretty sure my grandmother was helping me go to sleep because I don't remember hearing the moo-moo slippers get up and leave, nor do I remember the depression in the bed going back to normal, if that's the right way to put it. When I woke up the next morning, the first thing I did was tell my dad and my aunt who both have had their own experiences with their mom. Like I said, I've never met my grandmother, but for some weird reason, I do feel very strongly connected to her, especially that night. Lately, she's been visiting me in my dreams, and those stick with me so much to the point that I just got a tattoo dedicated to her memory. Oh. Thank you for reading and possibly sharing my story, and thank you for the podcast, even though as of this email, I'm still catching up, and I can't stop listening and kind of don't want to catch up because I love binge listening to it. (laughs) Amanda.
1: (sighs) Oh, Amanda. It
2: is interesting to me, just the idea that we always talk about visitations from loved ones and and people coming through dreams or or haunting. Yeah, haunting doesn't even feel like the right term to use, but like just appearing and, and showing their presence in spaces where their family spent time. But it it always is a bit interesting when you meet a relative who you never met in the current life. And so... Like I'm just thinking about – I have examples in my family where – I mean, I don't have any memories of it, but I have relatives and and younger cousins who've met people in my family that I haven't even met that that passed Mm -hmm. away long before in spirit form. And so it really is interesting to like still feel – for Amanda to still feel that maternal and grandmotherly warmth and love and for that caressing of the leg to be really comforting and to put her to sleep rather than be spooked because it's someone that she's technically never met. But it's, it's this a, loving it's spirit form.
1: maternal feeling and energy, which I mm-hmm. think is beautiful. And also, you know, reiterates the fact that what we always say is like, trust your gut and trust your pets, but also trust your gut. Like you, if you get a bad feeling, it's probably a bad spirit. If you get a nice mm-hmm. positive feeling, it's probably a good spirit or you hope it is. But I love that Amanda's grandma is just everywhere from yeah. – her Amanda's sister seeing her when she's an infant and setting off the toys and being under the table mm-hmm. and like waving to them and And calling then, out her grandfather's name. How oh sweet. Benny. <gasps> Benny. It's Benny. so
2: sweet. What Shuffling a beautiful in her slippers. story. So sweet, right? And all because they gathered for Thanksgiving together.
1: <laughs> yeah. The family has to spend Thanksgiving together. It's their tradition. Okay. I have a story. And this is a trigger warning for suicidal ideation and attempt, but it's quite a beautiful, beautiful story. This is from our listener, Hannah. And here is, okay, there's two stories. First story. In my college apartment, a lot of my life was drained from me and I was depressed. I felt alone and I did not want to go on. I felt like there was no reason for me to be here. So One night I went into the bathroom and filled up the bath and decided that it would be my last night here on the planet. Hmm. As I was getting in, my speaker came on and it played your podcast. It all of a sudden cut to some part where Corinne was saying, oh my God, do not do that. And quickly flipped forward or maybe backwards to Sabrina saying, it's okay. It's okay. Then again, shifted to Corinne saying, you are not alone. I got up to see why this was happening And notice my speaker was dead and not plugged in. And guess what? My phone was turned off. The last thing the speaker played was one of you two. Honestly, I'm not sure which, because I was crying so hard at this point saying, call your mom and kept repeating, call your mom, call your mom. I couldn't get it to turn off or anything. And it just kept repeating, call your mom, call your mom, call your mom. I listened. I called my mom and I checked myself in to get help that night. I firmly believe your ghost knew I needed someone and did what it could to help me.
2: I don't even know what to say. I have chills. I know. Holy crap! I have tears in my eyes. I have chills.
1: Yeah. Oh man, I'm so glad you got you got help, and I'm so grateful for our ghost or for whatever in the universe know. was happening. Like, yeah. Hannah, we are so glad you are still so with us and I hope you were able to get the help you needed and that, you know, you're never alone and you have people who love you. Wow. This is where I'm really appreciative
2: of spirits being able to manipulate Oh, sounds and electronics because we have five years of podcasting (laughs) behind us, and the world just has a shit ton of podcasts and movies and television. And for a spirit to be able to grab all of those pieces together and put them together so quickly to deliver a strong message to her and the message she needed at that moment
1: to. And the fact that the speaker was off, her phone was off, like it, it is just, yeah, incredible. And I'm really, really grateful. Super. The second story is also trigger warning for abuse. My dad was a jackass, abusive sack of trash. He beat my mom and myself regularly, and my mom would always put herself in front of me. But that can only do so much at a certain point. One day, my mom and dad were fighting pretty badly, and I knew it was only a matter of time before he lost it. So I came down with my field hockey stick ready to kick some ass. He had her pinned against a wall with his back-to-the-kitchen cabinets. In these cabinets were decorative vases that we had. I came in ready to hit him with my stick to get him off of her. But before I could, a vase came flying through the air and crashed over my dad's head, knocking him out. After that, almost any time my mom was fully pinned by that man, something would come flying off the wall. A cabinet, a DVD stand, etc. I'm pretty sure it was my uncle who died when I was six and was always my mom's protector.
2: I mean, holy shit! What whoever it is, whether it's a spirit guide, a relative, a, a relative who is a spirit guide, someone is so incredibly there and active and there yeah. for her and her mom and and their family, and I'm grateful to hear that because honestly, like, I mean, I can't imagine being in that scenario. I feel like it's a it's a very difficult one to navigate obviously, and it's horrendous to ever experience. But despite all of those things happening, I'm I'm glad that in those moments, there were those little moments of hope too, right? Because like that thing Absolutely. is happening. And then you're realizing from the spirit world that someone else is also saying, that's not okay. That's wrong. That's dangerous. I'm going to do whatever I can to protect
1: you until you're in a place where, where you're safer. Absolutely. I mean, and I'm so sorry to Hannah that you had to experience this and, and go through any of this, but- it is incredible to, to, to know and to have this proof that you have these guardians and people and spirits mm-hmm. watching out for you and looking after you from the other side. And they all want you here. They want you living and experiencing life. And we want you here. Exactly. Yeah. We do. And thank you for sharing these with us and yeah. with our listeners. And it takes a lot of vulnerability and courage to be able to share these encounters and life experiences but I, I think there are a lot of people who are going through it and maybe don't have the ability to talk about it or are scared and afraid to. And hopefully this can offer them some solace and understanding that Absolutely. they're not alone either.
2: I know. Hannah, I wish I could hug you. I'm wish i I'm wearing an oversized sweatshirt right now. I wish I could do the thing where I put you in it. Get in here. And then we're just trapped. We're trapped in here together. Get in. Yeah. Aww. And then you'll face this way and then I'll just control your arms and, and make <laughs> you go around and do different things. We'll be ratatouille, but <laughs> –
1: me <laughs> but me <laughs> oh well ghost hug we're sending virtual hugs and if you're watching you're right, yes. hugging you. yeah yeah we're hugging you
2: all right all right are you gonna bring us up this i i think so the title of this <laughs> is my happy question mark Ouija board story so i'm gonna say i'm gonna lock in a vote of yes okay good. we will be uplifted hi girls my name is Susie, and i'm from the east coast too Woo. I love your podcast and have been binging episodes ever since my quarantine started. I've been going back and forth about whether or not I should send you this story, but I'm finally caving in and decided that on the scale of Ouija board stories, mine is probably one of the more positive ones. Okay. That's great. Okay. We're swinging that's- to the positive side. Yes. We need that. Yeah. A little about me. Ever since I was little, I've loved anything and everything paranormal. Us too. I grew up watching. <laughs> yes. As you sip from your mouth breather cup. little stranger things. Mm. Love the spooky. I grew up watching scary movies, reading ghost stories, and watching Ghost Hunters and any other paranormal shows that I could find. So when I saw a Ouija board at the store one day, I naturally begged my mom to buy it for me, which she did. I was about 12, 13 when I first started using it, and I never really experienced anything crazy or memorable It was just always with me and my friends, using it casually, and nothing ever really came of it. After a while, I stopped using it as I had become kind of tired of it and didn't really believe in the power that it is said to possess. I was also 12, so go easy on me. (laughs) Fast forward a couple years. It's Thanksgiving Day, and most of my extended family was over at my house. I have step cousins on my mom's side who I only really saw on holidays, so we didn't really know much about each other's lives. Nevertheless, we got along really well, and when we did see each other, it always felt natural to hang out with them. On this particular Thanksgiving day, we were pretty bored, and it was kind of gross outside. So we were in the typical moody teenager stage, so we were obviously too cool to hang out with the rest of our family. But lucky for me, they were also fans of the paranormal. I don't remember how it got brought up, but eventually we decided to break out my Ouija board. This time was different though. Hey. We really set the mood of the room. We lit every candle I had in the house around my room. We shut off all of the lights. My one wow. cousin will call her mood. Right? I love this. And I'm just picturing like all the like the parents drinking like Bloody Marys and beers or something in the other room and all the kids are like running out and going through every drawer to grab candles and they're like oh what up? Like, what are you up to okay whatever I don't really <laughs> care and just like letting it happen yeah they're busy drinking their they're you busy know, yeah my one cousin will call her Brianna and I sat on the floor while my other cousin will call her Jessica sat on the bed with a pen and paper in hand ready to write down every word so smart at first right dedicated scribe yeah at first Things seemed to be going as I had usually experienced it. Pretty casual, boring, nothing memorable. And the room itself felt normal to me as well. Then at some point, there was a shift. It felt like there was more of us there, and there was just this heavy feeling. The board itself was different too. Answers were more coherent and purposeful, and the planchette was moving more easily. Mm -hmm. We decided to move away from the generic yes or no and superficial questions to some more personal questions about ourselves. Like I said earlier, the girls and I didn't really know each other that well, so it made it much more interesting when one of us would ask a personal question about ourselves. We would ask questions like, When is my best friend's birthday? Or what is my mom's favorite color? Silly things like that. Mm -hmm. But for every question we asked, the planchette would spell out the correct answer. Wow. Okay. I want to mention that we weren't feeling scared either. We all felt kind of excited, actually. (laughs) So at this point, we decided to not only continue asking these personal questions that only we would know the answers to, but to close our eyes and have Jessica write down everything And read it to us after. Wow. That's like foolproof to make sure no one's cheating. Yeah. Brianna was smart. Mm -hmm. Brianna was the first to go. She asked this obscure question like, when did I break my leg? Jessica then reads aloud J U L Y 4, July 4th. Brianna immediately lets out this light laugh and says that wasn't true as she explains that she broke her leg at a softball tournament over the weekend. And July 4th was on a weekday that year. We continued to talk for a couple minutes and Brianna kind of pauses and goes, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, I did break my leg on July 4th. She goes on to tell us about how she hurt her leg in the tournament, but when she went to the hospital, they explained how it had been a fracture days prior and the strain of her playing softball put it over the edge. The tournament that she was playing was an independence weekend tournament. At this point, I felt different. I felt the sense of awareness drape over me, and the next question that I asked seemed random, yet it fell out of my mouth so naturally. With my eyes closed, I asked, who got me that stuffed animal on my bed? I remember the girls snickering at my question before <laughs> feeling the planchette move. Jessica then spells M E. Ah! Me. <laughs> Immediately I let go of the planchette and the girls stare at me, kind of nervous, and ask what everyone's thinking. Then Jessica quietly asks me, who bought me that stuffed animal? I said, My grandpa.
1: Stop! This is so
2: nice. Before my grandpa got really sick, he won me this stuffed cow from a crane machine game somewhere. Shortly after, his condition continued to deteriorate and he died within a year. I always kept that stuffed animal on my bed. And to this day, as a 22 year old, I still have it in a box with some of my most precious belongings. We continue to ask what I now believe was my grandpa more questions. At one point, I remember we paused to talk about how amazing this was. But when we began to play again, things seemed different Mm. the flames of all the candles in the room began moving erratically and it felt colder than it did before we felt a sudden shift in the game again answers were scrambled and didn't make any sense the planchette was moving around the board kind of crazy and we all felt a little sad all of a sudden oh at that point i decided we should end the game so we said goodbye and immediately turned the lights on and blew out all of the candles When we rejoined the rest of the family, I ran over to my grandma and told her that I spoke to grandpa, and she just kind of smiled at me and told me that she speaks to him all the time. The rest of the night continued on without any more spooky events. Since then, I have tried to use the Ouija board to contact my grandfather, but it hasn't worked the same. I truly believe that my grandpa follows my grandma around and protects her, and that's why we were able to talk to him that Thanksgiving. I also believe he gave me the intuition to realize it was him as well as the instinct to stop the game before it got out of hand. So as far as Ouija board stories go, I feel like mine is one of the sweeter ones. Yeah. Thanks for listening to my story. Stay spooky.
1: Suze. Suze. Suzy. This is beautiful. But I mean, I it's interesting. So like it definitely proves that you can use the Ouija board correctly. And mm-hmm. but like they experienced towards the end when they try to use it again, it did feel different. And they had this wave of sadness and, and it maybe possibly – you open up this paranormal access to the paranormal world and multiple spirits can now come in and it could get to a dangerous place. But I am really grateful that they, and I think this is a rule to follow, is like if anything starts to feel weird when you're playing a Ouija board, you should say goodbye and trust your gut. Exactly. Because
2: whenever people talk about like, oh, you can use a Ouija board the correct way, I feel like sometimes I assume that you can open it up and basically, like, protect yourself fully while using it. But this story makes a little bit more sense where it's – you can – it's how you respond to what happens on the board that keeps you safe. And also, yeah, I just love that – I mean, Suze said that her – Suzie's question about who gave me that stuff to animal, it wasn't necessarily a question that even popped into her head that she planned to ask. It's just kind of like – fell out of her mouth so yeah. clearly her grandpa wanted to say it's me it's I'm me the one that's here.
1: <laughs> yeah it's so interesting because it sounds like again i've never played with a ouija board or used a ouija board i should say because i don't like the terminology of played with because it feels like a game when it's not but ages four and up yeah i've never used one so but it's interesting that it sounds like Spirits cannot answer – or, like, spell out things unless a question is asked. So it couldn't start spelling out his name if he wanted to, you know? Mm. Like, he needed a prompt.
2: Very vampire-esque, you know, where it's like, you need to be invited into the house. You have to be asked the question.
1: But then again,
2: when we talk about, like, Charger, you know? Like, there's there's a lot of just taking over the planchette. It's – yeah. Maybe there's just, like, a general understanding – in the spirit world of how Ouija boards work and they just start like all trying to play the game correctly and and it's supposed to be a call and response. Maybe they all get trained. They yeah. go to like a Ouija
1: board training class and they're like, here's how to use it. When, yeah. the humans, <laughs> the, when the living humans try to talk to you. I would love to just like step into the like, okay, you're dead. Now here's how it works. And you book just the, learn all of the, dead. Of the book. Of, yeah, the book of the dead. But a yeah. less confusing one than the Beetlejuice one because apparently right. the Beetlejuice one is very confusing. Yeah, that's, that's like 5,000 pages or something crazy. But yeah,
2: I also like to picture – so Susie was saying that her grandfather, they believe mm-hmm. that her grandfather is always with her grandmother. That's so sweet. And so I like to think that he was just like in the room kind of hanging out, like enjoying listening to all of his relatives' conversations. And he's witnessing all the – the tween girls running around and getting all the candles. And then he's like, Hmm, I wonder what they're doing. And, like walks yeah. into the room and it's like, Oh, I can participate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. He just peeks in and is like, huh, interesting. What are you up to down here? Wherever you what are. are the- I'm going to go hang out what with the kids for doing? a little bit.
2: I'll be back everyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or I-, I wonder if like when you're a spirit and a Ouija board is a, you know, a session has begun Around you, if you get like a a bell like ringing near you, It's like you can mm, speak to someone if he calls want. you, yeah, yeah, curious, huh, ok. I have a story to end us on, and it's quite a few stories, so I'm just picking a few. Um and of course, I picked the scary ones, okay. <laughs> this is from our listener, Julia. Julia says, "Hey, girls, My name is Julia. I'm a long time listener and have been wanting to share my stories. But my battle with social anxiety has been getting in the way of me hitting send. So I've actually been working on this email since 2019. And with the encouragement from my therapist and my family and everyone I know, plus TGOG campfire stories tonight, I'm here to finally hit send. Yay! You're here! We're so happy. Yeah, so happy. I'm not entirely sure where to start, so I will start by saying I've broken this email down to individual stories and then rated them on a scale of one star to, I think, five stars on scariness, and they just go in order of my life. So did you choose all the five star scaries? I may have. (laughs) (laughs) A small amount of background info, I grew up in Cleveland and went to high school in Tampa and did my first year of college in Boston, shout out to Beacon Hill. And finished college Mm -hmm. in Columbus, Ohio at The Ohio State University. Got to say the, when um, because it got trademarked. Mm -hmm. My whole life, I've had this knack of being able to walk into a place and instantly tell if it's haunted, what kind of spirits are there, if they're nice, mean, old, young, and if there's any immediate danger. This will come into play later. I do not really consider it a gift or anything. I'm not sure if that's normal or not, but... I can say, since Google has been readily available to use without my parents screaming at me about using the internet on my phone, because, you know, early 2000s kids know what's up, I have only been wrong four times. And who knows? Maybe it was documented. So without further ado, here are my stories. Which, how cool to be like, oh, I know who's haunting here, then look it up and confirm.
2: Yeah. Most people don't ever get that validation. This is incredible.
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to read all the stories. There's three of them. Okay, great. Okay, story one. Al Capone hates when girls sneak out. Scary level two. (laughs) Where I went to high school in Tampa, it used to be a hotel. That hotel is where Al Capone spent a lot of time on vacations and apparently was one of his favorite places in the world. He is known to haunt many places, but me and my friends firmly believe this school is one of them. The dorms are incredibly haunted. Stuff is moved. Doors are slammed during school days. Side note, there are more cameras in this school than on a military base. So pretty much every person's move is recorded and these things are seen on camera, but no one's doing them. One night as a young 16 year old girl whose boyfriend lived in the boys dorm, I decided to sneak out to go meet him. Cameras be damned. I got dressed and put on (laughs) my shoes and started walking down the hall. I suddenly felt very much not alone and like a man was standing right behind me. I whipped my head around to see nothing, not a soul. So I kept going. I got to the door and went to open it. And as I did, the door slammed my hand, still pulling it open. And in my oh. ear, I heard the words, young girl should not be sneaking out at night, Missy. What? Again, Oh my God. <laughs> I turned around. Only this time I saw a little man with a slight comb over and curly sides squ- squatting. I had never seen him before. So I was scared. I went to explain why I was sneaking out before bed, but before I could even say anything, he said, everyone gets caught. Go back to bed. I hung my head down and started walking back to my dorm, praying whoever this man was that he would let me slide and not tell my dorm mom or my dean. I went to turn around and begin to explain whatever my excuse was in my head, but the man had vanished. He was gone.
2: Everyone gets caught. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is a fairly open floor plan, and I could see pretty much the entire dorm floor, but he was nowhere to be seen. I snuck back into my dorm and fell asleep. The next morning, my dorm mom came up to me and asked why I had gone to the doors the night before and what my plan had been. I was trying to chuck it up to sleepwalking, but she looked me dead in the eye and said, He stopped you, didn't he? He always stops.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He always. This is the... Why don't they tell all the kids? That would be like the number one thing that would keep me from sneaking out. I don't want to see the old man ghost. Yeah. Actually, maybe I would try more.
1: Because you want to see the ghost? Yeah. I kind of love this, that like the dorm mom knows. Okay. The dorm mom said, he stopped you, didn't he? He always stops the girls, but never the boys. Austin Hmm. got caught last night and you were both lucky you weren't together. When I responded with who stops them she quite simply said well who the hell else haunts this place al capone obviously (laughs) at that point i had to re-google what he looked like and much to my chagrin i came face to face with the same man who stopped me in the hall and i am not the only girl who has had a late night makeout plan foiled by this man i'm sure i won't be the last either but i gotta say i'm thankful he stopped me from getting into any trouble and then Julia included a link about some history of the school and Al Capone if we wanted to read more. Okay. I'm
2: Googling Al Capone, what he looks like, because I can't remember. Uh-huh. Oh. See, I did, when, did he pa- when did he pass away? She's talking about like a little old man, but it's just really interesting to have like a mob boss protect younger girls from getting in trouble. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's such an interesting move that he, that that's how he's spending time in the afterlife is making sure girls don't sneak out of the dorms. To go make out with a, with other
1: boys. I kind of love it. It's so interesting that Al Capone feels like inclined to keep women from sneaking out to make out with boys. Right. And I, mean, I like don't know what? anything
2: about his family life. I never. Yeah. I never watched Scarface. I apparently need to. But. Didn't he die of syphilis? Did he? I think that's. Did I make that up? I don't know. Maybe. Are, are you looking it up? This is the segment of Two Girls, One Ghost called. <laughs> Guess if it's fact or fiction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will you Coming look it up. to confirm.
2: <laughs> yeah, let me look. Okay, he oh he was five ten. He wasn't that that small. Well, it sounds like he was squatting. Oh oh okay okay. I'm <laughs> like five ten. That's a I think that's a higher than average. Okay, eleven years in prison. Died January twenty fifth, nineteen forty seven, age forty eight in Miami. And he was yep. Yeah, uh Due to his failing health, Capone was released from prison on in well i don't need to give all the dates but basically in 1939 he was released and admitted into John Hopkins Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore for treatment of syphilitic paresis
1: hmm. so he got so, out of prison because of a syphilis and was able to die in a hospital
2: mm-hmm. hmm. yeah he had damage to his brain which oh. was what ended in his
1: death gotcha. according to wikipedia learning something new today Okay. Wow. This is scary level five, and it is called Ooh, the Congress. Five spookies. Five spookies. It is called the Congress Hotel, which, Corinne, you accidentally stayed at. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I'm sharing this with you after you've stayed. Okay. Uh, for this Even story. Even though I researched it before <laughs> I stayed in still. I
2: was like, that sounds familiar. I must know Ooh, someone who do-do-do-do-do. stayed there. I'll put myself there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> for... <laughs> For this story, I need to give a ton of background, but I swear if you get through the background, it is the creepiest, most horrific scarring. Literally, someone walked away with a cut so bad that they have a scar stories I have. In May of 2019, the Lollapalooza lineup was announced. Chainsmokers, Ariana Grande, Lil Wayne. And I decided me and my boyfriend had to go. So I bought tickets, bought an Airbnb, and started my countdown for my first ever music festival. The dates of this festival were August 1st through 4th, 2019. On July 22nd, we got a notification that our Airbnb had decided to cancel. And if you've ever been to Loa Palooza or something similar, you know that meant that literally everything in the area around Grant Park was booked out the ass. I was panicking. I had no idea where we were going to stay, and we had less than 10 days to figure it out. The next day, while scrolling through Instagram... I got a targeted ad for this hotel called the Congress hotel. It looked clean and was somehow not fully booked, even though it was right across the street from the venue. I could not believe my luck. And after a quick read of the reviews, all saying it was a clean, safe place to say I didn't question my luck. And I got us a hotel room right that minute. Fast forward to the drive up. I was forcing my boyfriend to listen to TGOG in the car while he was <laughs> claiming that ghosts are not real. It's all made up. No one has experiences, blah, 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 blah. This attitude actually caused us to get in a bit of an argument because at that point, I was quite a fan of yours and I would not stand for the blasphemy coming from his mouth. In the end, <laughs> in the end, he agreed to shut up and listen and we made it to the hotel. As soon as we parked, I felt like I was going to vomit from anxiety. I have four different anxiety disorders, so this is not an abnormal feeling. But it usually doesn't come on within five seconds. I started to feel dizzy right when we walked in. This hotel was beautiful. I was in awe of everything, but I knew in my gut that there was something there and that it was evil. I said to my boyfriend, this place is haunted as fuck and whatever that thing is, it is mean He brushed me off and said the feeling would go away once we got to our room, but it kept nagging at me, and I kept repeating over and over and over, almost trance-like, this place is haunted as fuck, this place is haunted as fuck, this place is haunted as fuck, to the point where while waiting for the elevator, my boyfriend turns to look at me and says, fine, Julia, do you want me to look it up? And almost immediately, I started to have a full-on panic attack because I did not want to know if it was haunted. I always Google after leaving a place I suspect is haunted, not while I'm there. So he sighed, and we walked to our room, and I'll give you one guess as to what room we ended up in, room 441, which (laughs) I assume must be the haunted room. We walked in, and I felt sick again, but I didn't want to cause more issues with my boyfriend, so I just sat with it, but I knew we were not alone. Now, the experiences we had. The first night, at 3 a.m., I heard the sound of rushing water. I shook my boyfriend awake to see if he heard it too, and he did. I made him go up and check in the bathroom while I hid under the covers because I'd rather the non-believer get eaten by a ghost than me. The shower had been turned on and was pounding out water. I don't know if you guys have been inside this hotel or not, but these old showers took all my strength just to turn it on for my own shower. So he muttered something about, Plumbing turned it off and went back to bed. I was scared but snuggled next to him and somehow fell asleep. The next day, I woke up to do my makeup for the first day of the festival and noticed that my makeup had all been switched around. I didn't think much about it. My boyfriend's a neat freak, so it happens all the time. I went to take a shower and while I was in there, I heard someone banging on the door. I called my boyfriend and said, what do you need? You can just open the door. He came in about a minute later, asking what I was saying to him because he had been getting dressed. It was at that point I noticed an incredibly small handprint on the mirror. <gasps> no! I asked my boyfriend if it was his, and he said it obviously could not be his hand as he had just come in and was getting dressed. And it was far too small to be my hand because I have a very long fingers. Some may say big hand. I say long fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about the size of my palm at that point i knew there had to be a child spirit or someone very small but once again i ignored it because i'll be damned if i stay in a haunted place but i couldn't leave that night we had our second major experience once again the shower turned on at 3 a.m and my boyfriend went to turn it off as he got back in bed and his backpack which was filled with all of his clothes and shoes for the trip was flung from the dresser and hit the edge of our bed which was about two to three feet away from the dresser. At this point, I knew that whatever this thing was wanted attention. So I crawled even further under the covers while my boyfriend got his backpack and just said, ghosts aren't real. It's just weird gravity. That was probably his biggest mistake because the next morning he woke up with bruises all up and down his leg like someone had spent the night punching his legs repeatedly. Oh my God. It spooked him, but we didn't say anything about it besides me freaking out and him just brushing it off. Again, the next night at 3 a.m., the shower came on again. And let me tell you how annoying that was, especially after a long day. I got up with a sigh, went to turn it off, and I noticed the steam in the mirror from the shower. Whatever it was, always turn the shower to full heat to make it steam. In the mirror, there were two handprints, side by side. It was like someone was doing one of those kids' art projects with handprints. I chuckled under my breath and said, if you're nice, you can stay, but otherwise you need to leave. And this will be the only time I acknowledge you. And that was my big mistake. After that, tons of stuff started falling suitcases, makeup, hair products, backpacks, and my pillows were thrown off the bed. My boyfriend got up and said, this is so stupid, it needs to just stop, it's not real. I knew that would set whatever it was off even more, so I crawled under the covers and clung onto my stuffed animals I used for comfort and just tried to fall asleep. I heard my boyfriend get into bed and mutter something, then roll over and cuddle me. He fell asleep quick, but it took me almost an hour to fall back asleep. Right before I fell asleep, the covers were ripped right off of us, and I heard my boyfriend stir in his sleep and rub his leg. I was in no (laughs) mood- I was in no mood to investigate, so I got the cover surrounding me and forced myself to fall asleep. The next morning, there was blood. Blood on the sheets and blood on us. I was freaked out and looked at my arm, and I had a deep cut, like a nail on my arm. And my boyfriend had giant three-finger-long cut down his leg. Both are still scars. His faded more than mine. Oh, my God. Thankfully, that was the last night. We got everything packed in five minutes and headed down to check out. I'm sure the people working knew what we experienced because when the man saw our room number during checkout, he didn't bother asking if our stay had gone well like others would in front of us. Instead, he simply said, you two are the first not to ask to be moved in years. I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't awful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, what do you mean? Look at these scars. But the fact
1: that people asked to move it after the first night and they still have people stay in this room. I know, they should block it off. What the hell? Especially since there's so many vacancies, like you really
2: had to put them in that room. You couldn't put them in a different one?
1: Yeah. So obviously at that point, I knew the place was haunted. And as soon as we were no longer in Chicago, I Googled it and confirmed all my suspicions. Safe to say we listened to TGOG the whole way home, this time with my boyfriend as a believer. Side note, he (laughs) will (laughs) still won't listen to the episode on the Congress Hotel because he says – He doesn't need anyone else's stories because he knows what happens in that place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. There's one more story. Okay. And it is called The Apartment from Hell, Scary Level 4. My senior year of college, I moved into this really nice apartment. It was one bedroom spacious, 711 square feet and only $900, which was a steal for how close to campus it was. I signed the lease without touring it because I had waited too long to find a place to live, so I was kind of stuck there. The apartment was beautiful, but when I walked in the door for the first time, I knew something was up. My dogs were both pretty clingy in that apartment, never fully leaving my side or my boyfriend's side, but like I said, it was beautiful, cheap, and I had no other options. At first, it wasn't really an issue. I knew something was there, but it wasn't bothering me. As time went on, things would go missing— and not like misplacing your keys, but I mean entire environmental law textbooks, heavy books, would leave my study area and appear on top of the cabinets too far out of reach for me or my boyfriend to have reached. Hmm. My dog's toys would be placed in areas too tall for them to reach, but just low enough for them to see. My That's laptop so sad. <laughs> I know. My laptop would be found in the closet on a shelf too high for me to reach at least twice a week. Everything would go missing and reappear somewhere it had no business being. I would always say the ghost did it. At first, it was mostly a joke. But by November, it was very clearly a new reality. As things started disappearing, my goodest good boy, Dex, a big black dog in Picks Below, started to get more and more aggressive to certain corners of my place. He would bark and lunge and snap and snarl. This is a dog who regularly gets beat up by his sister who weighs half of what he does. He's not aggressive and never has been... Since, and truly only when he feels like I'm in danger. But he started to get very protective of me when we were in that apartment. And when we were in that apartment, the only one he would allow near me was my service dog, Maisie. Maisie also had reactions to this thing. She would miss alerts because she was too busy staring into corners. She would whimper every time she was left alone and more. I knew Uh I had to trust my pets, but I also only had my boyfriend's place to go to. So I went there as often as I could, but I couldn't stay there. One day I was cleaning and listening to the podcast when I heard a crash, a snarl, a bark and a whimper. I came out to Dex cowering under the couch and my desk knocked over. And this is a heavy desk, like 60 pounds and Dex, there's no way he could have done it. And Maisie barely leaves my side as a service dog. So she wasn't even in the room at the same time as the crash, the podcast started having the sound shift from loud to quiet back and forth, loud to quiet, loud to quiet. Great. Another time I was listening to the podcast while in the shower when uh, the door to my bathroom slammed open and a gust of cold air came in. I could feel eyes on me. I've never felt more exposed, especially with a clear shower curtain. At that point, I figured the ghost just didn't like the podcast, so I stopped playing it in my apartment. Things settled back down to the usual missing objects. Until one day, I came in from my walk to class. It had been 15 degrees out and snowing, so I didn't want to take my mittens off to take my phone out because... I was too cold and I didn't want to pause the show. So I forget the episode, but you were talking about sleep paralysis and was thinking out loud to no one. Wow. That actually sounds like hell. I should have just shut up because that night I went to bed and I woke up. I saw it in my corner. It was huge, as tall as my ceilings and black with eyes that were somehow even blacker than black. I wanted to run away, but my body would not move, not even my mouth to scream. I was struggling and fighting. And I could hear this thing laughing at me. Oh. It bent over me and started to stare deep into me. All the while I am trying to A, close my eyes, B, scream, C, run, D, all of the above. I was crying. (laughs) I could feel the tears on my cheeks. And somewhere in the distance, I could hear Dex and Maisie barking. But I could only see this creature. It took its fingers and brushed a tear away from my face and licked it.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. Ew.
1: Oh, I was sick to my stomach. To me, this was so much worse than what had happened a few months prior at the Congress Hotel. It was much more invasive, and this was my home where I was supposed to be safe with my big, scary looking dog. I prayed that I would just die because I had no way out and I didn't want to be hurt. After what felt like hours, but was really only the duration of 3 a.m. to 3.07, the thing backed up and left. I didn't sleep there again, and shortly after that night we found out that the apartment had cockroaches, bedbugs, and mice. Additionally, the pandemic hit and I was forced to quarantine in my boyfriend's college house. Five guys and me. Stinky, but better than whatever was happening at my place. Once I officially moved out, I had to pass it on campus often as I still live nearby. I have seen that thing in the window every single time I passed. No, I wrote a letter. And hit it for the next tenant and continue to write whoever lives there letters once a year to give them a heads up. Good for you, Julia.
2: I know. I just got chills about this.
1: I'm glad. I'm really glad uh, yeah. that Julia does that. Julia said, when this email first started, I only had two of these stories, so I'm glad I waited. But I'm equally proud of myself for getting over my fear and sending them in. I have more stories, especially from leaving in Beacon Hill and staying at Omni Parker. I hope you ladies understand just how much of an impact you have on people's lives and how much you've given them just by doing this podcast. Thank you so much. You've gotten me out of the darkest places in my own mind and have been there with me through a lot more than I can say. I'm very scared of death. And this brings me a lot of comfort, especially the scary stories. I hope I get to see you way before the other side, but if not, I'll see you on the other side. Sincerely, Julia. Julia. Julia, you, you didn't write your last story correctly. That
2: was definitely five scary stars. Yes, that level one, five.
1: Yeah, especially Julia even said it's much scary and way more invasive than what happened at the Congress Hotel. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Congress Hotel is also horrifying. She's wearing the scars. Her and her boyfriend yes, are wearing literally. the marks
2: from being at the
1: Congress Hotel. It's horrifying.
2: But this, I need, creature, I need a refresher on what room four forty one. What yeah, happens we, there? I can't. I can't remember. I'll have to we should re listen episode again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, the imagery of this tall, horrific entity one giving Julia sleep paralysis after she out loud says like that sounds horrifying. Like, hope I don't ever experience that kind of um, sentiment for it to happen that night, and then for it to wipe away a tear and lick it.
2: Yeah, I was also okay when when she wrote that about the licking the tear. I was picturing like it l- it licked the tear away. It wiped it with its tongue. That's what I was picturing. Oh, like a oh. like a Mananangal. like a long like, oh, like, sneaky
1: like, tongue. But it I mean it's creepy. also
2: interesting Not to spook Julia, but I feel like she's wearing, (laughs) she's wearing a lot of the, the marks and scars of hauntings around her. So not only at the Congress Hotel did her and her boyfriend have those, those marks and gashes, but also like there's some sort of, there's something that's like about that dark creature that has lasted and like latched itself onto her, even though she's gone because she said as she walks by, yeah. she can still see it. And it's At not it's like not it's the big her. thing on campus where everyone else – right. But it's like it's there. It's watching. It's watching.
1: Oh. Also, I hope Julia, Julia
2: never, ever goes in there again.
1: Yeah. I'm really grateful that Julia sends these letters to new tenants who live there. But mm-hmm. I wonder – I want to know if – Julia, do you get responses? Like have you heard from right. people of their experiences? Right. Because, because if it sounds if like I that, got that – I, don't you think that there would be a rumor around
2: campus too? You would think. Like some sophomore would be like, "Oh, you're in my old haunted dorm now." Like I, I just and also an would keep though, the letter so and know. then when
1: something happens, oh, I don't know either. Someone needs to cleanse that space. Mhm. Get rid of that darkness. I hate cuz it's clearly still there if Julia sees it anytime she walks past. Although it sounds right. like Julia doesn't live there currently. It's just good
2: that yeah, the thing is <laughs> In only in that apartment, even yeah. though that's bad, because people like Julia and other residents will experience its darkness. I'm glad yeah. that it's it's not an entire building that we know right. of, or, or it can't. It's not following Julia to where she goes next. It is trapped there. in that space, yes, in the the 700 square feet. Julia has enough of to that worry apartment. about
1: because Julia is like very open to the paranormal, like outside of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Julia you don't need more spirits following you. No. But but
2: I will say mm-hmm. we don't want any more spirits following you, but I'm also partially grateful <laughs> for the things you experienced because yeah. you got to turn
1: a non-believer into, into a, believer. a believer. And you emailed the us and we're really grateful that you mm-hmm. one started this email and sent it finally because we are so grateful and this was a great one to share. Maybe not on Thanksgiving, but Happy Thanksgiving to everyone! (laughs) It's always great to share. Maybe someone's staying in the in the Congress
2: (laughs) Hotel (gasps) while they visit some friends in Chicago. And if you ever stay at
1: the Congress Hotel, do not stay in room four forty one. Note to self. Apparently
2: not. Yeah. Note to self.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. If you have ghost stories, make sure you get them from your family, your loved ones, your roommates, your colleagues, whoever it is you're spending these holidays with. And email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com.
2: You can rate and review us on iTunes. That is extremely helpful yeah. for helping our podcast grow. You can also, word of mouth, tell everybody about us, rock our merch, be yes. our billboards, please. And be then you can guests. join us. Be our guests, be our guests on the most haunted podcast in America. Start up beautiful. Um <laughs> And, uh, well, join about us on us. social media. Yeah. Subscribe Fear to us on scheme. YouTube. Yep. Hang out with us on Patreon. Yep. And you have a few more days left to join Patreon to be eligible for our holiday card. We are yes. sending them out starting December 1st. So if you're a Patreon donor by the last, by November 30th, by the last day in November, you will receive the first
1: yes. ever Two Girls, One Ghost holiday, holiday card. card in the mail, snail mail sent from us directly. Yes thank you for listening thank you to upfire digital for editing our podcast and we love you all and like julia said we do hope that we get to see you way way
2: before the other side (laughs) but if not we will see you on On the the other other side side. bye-bye happy thanksgiving very spooky